Welcome to Exhibition, an Xbox podcast, episode number 64. My name is Samuel Adams, and on today's show, we are talking about more comments from Microsoft this time during the ongoing analysis of the Activision Blizzard acquisition. Xbox Series S could be getting a performance boost coming to you soon. Elden Ring may be coming to Game Pass, and a new Elite Series 2 controller is on the way, supposedly. So without further ado, let's go ahead and dive into this week's top Xbox news. We have been talking a lot about Call of Duty and Activision Blizzard on this podcast over the past few weeks, and that trend is continuing this week. Following last week's comments from Sony regarding Call of Duty's uh, nature of being irreplaceable and saying that it would have a huge impact on their business, we now have Microsoft firing back, reiterating the fact that it would simply not be profitable for Call of Duty to be an Xbox exclusive. Now, these comments are coming directly from documents filed to Brazil's administration. Council for Economic Defense as covered by Video Games Chronicle, and the direct quote is, quote, Regardless of how unsurprising Sony's criticism of content exclusivity is, given that PlayStation's entire strategy has been centered on exclusivity over the years, the reality is that the strategy of retaining Activision Blizzard's games by not distributing them in rival shops would simply not be profitable for Microsoft, the company claims in the docs. Such a strategy would be profitable only if Activision Blizzard's games were able to attract a sufficiently large number of gamers to the Xbox console ecosystem, and if Microsoft could earn enough revenue from game sales to offset the losses from not distributing such games on rival consoles, it adds. As if that weren't enough, Exclusivity strategies still result in title-specific cost claims, giving further information that has been redacted from the document, likely due to confidentiality. Such cost, added to the lost sales estimated above, mean that Microsoft would not be able to offset the losses by earning higher revenues in the Xbox ecosystem as a result of implementing exclusivity, end quote. Now, they continue to go on. This is a 27-page response to Sony's claims. Uh, but the key here, number one, is that Call of Duty is going to remain on other platforms. This is something we have known, but it's something that continues to come up in other conversations across the internet. People making this claim that is simply not true. But the key here is that Microsoft's long-term play is to make Xbox the best place to play Call of Duty. One way they are going to do that is through Game Pass once existing contracts run out. I am fully convinced that all Call of Duty games are going to be coming day and date to Game Pass, which makes it so much more appealing for somebody to walk into a store who may not have a 4K TV or who may not care about the quality of the gameplay experience itself when it comes to 4K, HDR, big screen TV, 120 hertz, that type of experience. Experience, that may be irrelevant for this customer. But they walk in, see a 299 Xbox Series S and Game Pass for 10 bucks a month, let's say, if they want the console only version, and they get access to Call of Duty and hundreds of other games. That is going to be very appealing for the budget gamer that just wants to play Call of Duty, the Madden, the NBA, that type of thing. 
That, I think, is the long-term play. Now, that also comes into play with the marketing strategy around Call of Duty, specifically when it comes to exclusivity marketing rights, or Microsoft's uh, lack thereof for the last generation. And what I mean by that is looking back to the Xbox 360, we saw a hugely successful generation, partially due to the fact that Call of Duty marketing rights were Microsoft's. When you think about Modern Warfare 2, when you think about Modern Warfare 3, those are very Xbox-centric in the minds of many people just because of the fact that those marketing rights tied Xbox into every commercial, every DLC pack. That was the place to play Call of Duty, and that did very well for Microsoft. You see the inverse happen whenever the exclusivity rights for marketing flip back to PlayStation for the following generation. PS4 drove Call of Duty to additional fame, and there was a huge brand affinity developed uh, for PlayStation and Call of Duty together because of these marketing rights. Now, we have a new generation with PlayStation 5 continuing that trend, but it's kind of strange because the past few Call of Duty games have not exactly uh, been worldwide mind-blowing successes like we've seen in the past. Still huge sellers, but not quite to that level that we've seen in past years. So... Microsoft has an opportunity here once the existing contracts run out to bring those marketing rights back, throw them towards Xbox because it would not make sense uh, to sell them off to PlayStation once again, bring that in, build that brand affinity, make those commercials and tie Call of Duty to Xbox in the way that it was for the Xbox 360. That is going to pay off big time in the years ahead as we talk about where people want to play games. Uh, it's going to be where it makes the most sense for them to play for a lot of people. And again, Microsoft has commented directly saying that Sony has some very hardcore fans. And so this is going to be a big move to kind of flip that script a little bit. So that's where they stand right now on Call of Duty. But additionally, a bombshell claim came out from Microsoft where they said that Sony pays for blocking rights to keep games off of Game Pass. The direct quote says, Microsoft's ability to continue expanding Game Pass has been hampered by Sony's desire to inhibit such growth. Of course, this is a claim from Microsoft in an August 9th filing to the Administrative Council for Economic Defense, as translated from Portuguese. They continue, Sony pays for blocking rights to prevent developers from adding content to Game Pass and other competing subscription services, end quote. Now, the key here is that we don't know exactly what this is referencing. Is this an explicit line in contracts that Microsoft is aware of that says that they cannot stream games on Game Pass, uh, that indie developers cannot bring games to the Xbox ecosystem in a specific amount of time, that's kind of up in the air right now. And so reading into this a bit, it seems like the reality of the situation is likely that the contracts that developers, small or large, sign with PlayStation for some of these games uh, may limit where they can release their games in a specific time frame. And potentially there could be a line in there uh, talking about subscription services in general, streaming services in general. Uh, that's more than likely going to be the case. And I think about a game uh, potentially like Roller Dome, for instance, that just recently released or that's coming out very shortly. I can't remember but it's coming out soon. Uh, and so this is basically uh, Tony Hawk with guns. It's something that I absolutely want to play, but as it stands right now, it's a PlayStation and PC exclusive. Uh, so hopefully in a year or so, maybe Roller Dome comes to Xbox, could could not, depending on what happens. Uh, but contracts have those kind of limitations baked into them to make PlayStation or Xbox, because these contracts happen on both sides of the fence, a more appealing place to play. 
So that's the situation with that. Again, I think a lot of people took this and ran with it. I retweeted it myself because it's interesting. Uh, but when it comes to content exclusivity, whether it's paid or whether it's something that Microsoft or Sony are making themselves first party in-house, it's the exclusivity that brings value to each respective place. Uh, on top of that, you also have Xbox Game Pass bringing a unique uh, piece of value to that ecosystem in the same way that PlayStation Plus's revamped system brings value to the PlayStation side of the brand. Uh, and so all of these things together make these two very robust competitors. Xbox is a great place to play right now. PlayStation is a great place to play right now. And the fact that they're both doing well mean that they have to compete on another level they typically would not have had to in the past. So it's an exciting time to be into gaming no matter where you look because these big Goliaths are pushing each other to try and get access to your wallet, which is very, very good when it comes to the quality of games, when it comes to the deals being made, when it comes to subscription services. This is definitely going to be a great time to just in general be into gaming no matter where you play. Earlier in the week, we saw a very exciting report that Elden Ring could be coming to Xbox Game Pass. Now, this news came alongside another rumor that Grand Theft Auto V could be returning to the service. And this all stemmed from both of these games on their Xbox Store pages having Game Pass branding and cloud gaming availability branding uh, as well. So, Microsoft has replied and said that this was a bug on their end. It has since been fixed, but it seems kind of curious in the minds of a lot of people, including myself, how this could be a bug instead of somebody just kind of prepping these store pages for a potential announcement soon. Uh, and that soon could be this week. That soon could be next month. Depends on when. But it seems weird that that's just a random bug that happened to happen to these two specific games. The key here is that Grand Theft Auto V used to be on Game Pass. It was then taken off of the service. But as the Grand Theft Auto VI marketing machine begins to churn, because we are supposedly getting that game uh, before the end of 2023. Again, we'll see what happens with that. Uh, but it would make sense to kind of get that marketing machine moving in the same way that Destroy All Humans is on Game Pass right now and Destroy All Humans 2 is coming soon. Of course, the remasters I'm talking. Uh, it would make sense for Grand Theft Auto V to be back on the front page, more people playing it once again, even more so than there are now, and kind of getting more excitement for that brand once again. Elden Ring, on the other hand, would be a fantastic get and a fantastic addition for the fall gaming season because Xbox does not have a robust lineup of new content coming this year. So to be able to push one of the year's most successful games in general uh, back into the spotlight through a Game Pass subscription inclusion would be monumental. So hopefully uh, this is just a tease for what is to come. Again, right now, Microsoft is just saying that it was a bug, but keep your eyes peeled because I would say maybe September could be a big month uh, with Grand Theft Auto 5 and Elden Ring maybe coming to Game Pass. It just seems a little bit uh, too convenient for this to just be a bug for these two specific games. I'm not buying it. If you play on Xbox Series S, I have some great news. It looks like that console could be getting a performance boost soon. This report comes from IGN, where they write, As spotted by The Verge, the latest game development kit frees up hundreds of additional megabytes of memory for Xbox Series S game developers. Quote, This gives developers more control over memory, which can improve graphics performance in memory-constrained conditions, Microsoft's game dev team noted in the June game development kit video. 
While this should help provide a much needed boost to the Xbox Series S, it will take time for developers to optimize games, and there is no promise games already out on Series S will get a patch to improve their overall performance. Either way, Microsoft freeing up more memory is a step in the right direction for the console. As Digital Foundry has pointed out, developers have reported the issues with the previous memory limitations on the Series S, which made it harder to optimize games on the system. The Series S, of course, launched two years ago, $299, fantastic entry-level console for this generation of gaming. But to see additional performance added into the mix, I think would be a huge benefit because while games run very well now, making it more easy for developers to optimize their games and giving them as many resources as possible to deliver an impressive experience on this lower end hardware is always going to be the right move. And on top of that, even as chip shortages continue, supply shortages continue, and the Xbox Series X may not be as available, the Xbox Series S has an opportunity to win this holiday season once again. Of course, the PlayStation 5 is increasing its production. We're seeing more and more availability of that console, and it's been traditionally easier to get your hands on one as compared to months and years previously. But there is still a huge opportunity here for the Series S to be the walk into the store, immediately grab it, pick it up and go home, plug it in, play it type of device. Something that's readily available and the more powerful it can be, the more appealing it will become, especially with Game Pass thrown into the mix. Uh, now, when it comes to my Xbox Series S wish list of ways they could improve the overall experience, throw some additional memory in there, give us a $350 one terabyte version. I think that would be a wonderful addition to the Xbox lineup. Just because that 512 gigabytes is very, very limiting. I mean, when it comes to how much you can really store on the console, I use it more as a Game Pass machine than anything. Uh, but at the same time, I can fit four or five big games on there, maybe. Uh, now, if you play indies, it's a different story. You can fit 20, 30 games on there, depending on how big they are. But if you are somebody who plays Warzone, uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 when it comes out this November, and Fortnite, well, there you have it. You're pretty much taking up the majority majority of your space right there add in halo infinite and it's game over for you uh, so good to see it getting a performance boost i would love to see more memory in future versions of the console maybe some specific limited editions uh, but nonetheless the series s still a fantastic way to get into the xbox ecosystem THQ Nordic is bringing a wide variety of games, and they were shown off during a recent THQ Nordic digital showcase with a recap that is up right now on the Xbox Wire. And I kind of wanted to scroll through this with you all just to showcase the variety that THQ Nordic brings. That's something that has always impressed me. So we have a survival horror game, Alone in the Dark, uh, which is a completely original story set in the gothic American South during the 1920s. I'm interested. Destroy All Humans 2 Reprobed, which of course is always a good time. The original Destroy All Humans, currently on Game Pass, by the way. Or I should say the remaster of that that came out a couple of years ago. We have the gothic remake, a remake of a 2001 action RPG Outcast 2 A New Beginning, which is a sequel to a game that came out in, I want to say, 1999, if I remember correctly, and it got a remaster in 2017. This is now uh, building on that franchise, kind of this open world exploration style game. Uh, Way of the Hunter, Explanation. Uh, explore over 100 miles of open world terrain in the most authentic hunting experience yet. Uh, Recreation, which is a high-octane racing uh, from the creators of Burnout and Need for Speed. Definitely digging that. 
All Elite Wrestling, a new SpongeBob SquarePants game. There's plenty of more that was showed off during the show. But again, the key with THQ Nordic is that are any of these games absolutely blowing people's minds winning Game of the Year awards? Probably not. I mean, if you look at what we have here in the THQ Nordic showcase uh, art here, we have Biomutant, we have ATV, uh, MX versus ATV Legends, we have Destroy All Humans thrown in there, I see some Darksiders. These are not Game of the Year winners, but they're fun AA style experiences. That's kind of where I always pin THQ Nordic when it comes to uh, the type of games they're delivering. And so if you want to add some variety to the lineup, if you want to add some variety to your wish list, THQ Nordic is certainly a good resource for that. Uh, so out of everything showed off in this Xbox Wire post right here, I think the ones that I'm most excited to check out are Recreation, just because Burnout Need for Speed, certainly my kind of thing. Destroy All Humans 2, of course, always a good time with that one. Uh, and out of everything else, I think that we are going to be looking uh, a little bit more into Alone in the Dark. I think after playing through the medium, uh, maybe this is going to be an experience that's kind of akin to that. So again, huge variety of genres, of styles, of IP, good stuff coming from THQ Nordic. Now, to round out today's show, we have two stories for you. Hogwarts Legacy has been pushed back to February the 10th of 2023. This is a very highly anticipated game for Harry Potter fans out there, and it's now going to be coming out a few weeks later than originally intended, again on February the 10th on PlayStation, Xbox, and PC. Uh, it's important to note the Nintendo Switch release date has not been announced. They're sharing more details on that soon, so it sounds like that one is going to be some spring or summer lineup content. Content for you. Uh, but this is a game that has been in a bit of hot water recently just because of how controversial J.K. Rowling has been in recent years. Uh, she doesn't really have any affiliation with the game itself aside from the fact that she has created Harry Potter, so she is obviously uh, going to be getting some royalty rights from this. And I totally understand not wanting to support uh, that woman specifically. But I think a lot of Harry Potter fans are building a divide between the world that she created and the woman who created the world. I think that's important. Uh, and so for me, I don't have a problem with the games because Harry Potter has brought joy to millions of fans around the world over the years. I was a huge fan growing up. Now, while I might not be as big of a fan now, I'll still check out some streams, see what Hogwarts Legacy is bringing. Uh, but I'm excited to see the world these developers have created. Uh, and if you haven't ever seen the Harry Potter movies, read the books, that is a beautiful universe. Uh, and it's very, very fun to get lost in those movies. I also associate them with Christmas time as well for some reason. Good stuff there. Uh, but if you do want to dive into Hogwarts Legacy, again, that's coming on February the 10th of 2023 on Xbox, PlayStation, and PC. And you could be playing that with a new Xbox Elite controller. It looks like a new variant of the Xbox Elite Series 2 has leaked, and this is going to be the white edition, which has been unearthed on YouTube. Somebody uploaded a quick look at the controller that basically just switches out the black faceplate, excuse me, for the white faceplate and some white buttons. Overall, it looks good. My only comment here is that it would be very nice to see this get another revamp, a Series 3. Bring me something new, bring me something fresh, and I know that a lot of people uh, that I've seen online have had 
issues with the Elite Series controllers in terms of them breaking down, uh, buttons getting stuck, that kind of thing. I think that uh, Snowbike Mike on the Kind of Funny X cast has sent his back three times, if I remember correctly. Uh, now, of course, some of this could be user error. Some of this could be some faulty uh, mechanisms within the controller itself. But either way, it seems like it's about time for a Series 3. Personally, I use the 20th anniversary regular Xbox series controller. I also have some of these standard ones that have come out, the black, the white, uh, nothing really big there. But overall, the Elite Series 2 has been received as one of the best, if not the best, uh, game controller that has ever been released. So if you do want one, you should hold off if you want a white one, because more than likely that's going to be a 2022 holiday release. But that rounds out this week's episode of Exhibition, an Xbox podcast. If you are new here and you enjoy the show, you like what you see or what you hear, hit that subscribe button on YouTube or add the show to your podcast feed of choice and get it delivered to you normally every Sunday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time. Of course, I've been moving over the past week, so this week's episode got delayed by a couple of hours. But nonetheless, better late than never. I'll see you guys next week. In the meantime, dig into some games, have a great week, and remember, keep on playing.